welcome to the Brave Feminine Leadership Podcast. I'm Melissa Hamilton, I'm your host, and I'm absolutely fascinated with leadership. Along the way in all of my podcast conversations, I've often asked leaders, how do they respond to the question, I could never do what you do? You know, I always think that people often look up at leaders and think, I could never do what they do. And I guess we forget when we do that, that all of these leaders started their career somewhere and maybe they thought that themselves at some point in their career. So I've invited seven incredible leaders to uh, share their responses around how do you respond to the question, I could never do what you do. The first conversation is with Gam Speakers. Guillaume was the first male I ever invited to the Brave Feminine Leadership podcast conversations. He didn't know that at the time, but I think he actually enjoyed that fact. He has made a wonderful impact and had a brilliant strategy as far as increasing female leaders. If you want to listen to his full conversation with me, it's episode three, way back in the early days. Any of the companies he's been involved with over the years have always won awards around being the most innovative organisations really worth a listen, but let's hear his response to the question around, I could never do what you do. I've been asked that question a few times, and it's again, it's it's a tricky answer because it it does become a self-serving answer. It is possibly true that not everybody can do it, Mm -hmm. because it's not everybody's cup of tea. And I really think it becomes unfair when people get up and say to an audience, any one of you can do it, because it's not true. Some people don't have the personality for it. And some people don't have the willingness and just to make them feel like losers isn't fair. But I will then also argue that the people that seriously believe they can do it, that number should be double what it is. Mm. Because there's a lot of people that don't realize how good they are. And I'm absolutely the beneficiary of a outgoing CEO in South Africa. I was a young partner. I was... 31, perhaps perhaps 32 years old. Mm. And in his presentation, he turned to me and said, there was a whole bunch of people in the room, and Guillaume, by the way, one day you could you could run the firm. And all that's all Tim Curtis said. Um, I, I don't think I ever would have had that opportunity in South Africa because of the cultural background that I come from. Yeah. But I, I came to a country that has got an open mind and I got, got it and Many, many years later, I managed to, um, to get that, and I wrote Tim a, a, a letter, and it was still a, a proper letter to say, Tim, um, thank you very much, you believed in me. And he actually got the letter two months before his death. Oh, I'm so glad he got the letter. Same here. Yeah. It was just fantastic that, that I managed to get there. But that's the sort of confidence people can give you by saying, you, you can do it. But I also think it's harsh to say everybody can do it. But a lot of people got potential to, to, to do that. But you have to work on that potential. You have to really learn. How, leadership's an acquired skill. Yes, there's some natural um, instincts. But you, you, um, you, you can learn to become a better leader. Next up is Laura Berry. Laura was the CEO of Supply Nation when I interviewed her several years ago and has since gone on to become a very experienced non-executive director. I loved the conversation with Laura. Her episode is number one. It was the first podcast I ever released. I highly recommend you go and listen to it. But let's hear her response to the question. Well, I think my response is if I can do it, then anybody can. I mean, the reason that I'm, you know, here today isn't because I'm 
the most intelligent person in the room. It isn't because I've got all the degrees under the sun. It isn't because I've had a very privileged upbringing. It, it's none of those things, actually. It's, you know, because I, um, you know, I turned up for work every day. I've, I've always had an incredible work ethic. And, you know, there will be some who say I work too hard, sometimes to my own detriment. But, um, you know, I was hungry to learn. Um, I turned up um, and uh, I was willing to admit what I didn't know and be humble about it. And I think when you bring those qualities into any job um, and you'll do whatever it takes to make sure that, you know, you're, you're understanding the requirements of whatever role you're in at that point in time and not forcing it. I never forced it. I just, you know, I very much just turned up for work every day and worked really hard and, um, you know, and built good relationships. And I think that that's, that's what stood me in really good stead. It's not because I've had any magic bullet or, um, you know, special ingredient for how I got there. So I think if I can do it, I mean, I laugh when you say, or oh, people might look up to me. I think it's bizarre, but it's... Um, yeah, it's um, it, it hasn't come easy, but it's um, it's been great fun along the way because I've been able to do so many exciting things and take advantage of opportunities as they're presented. I think if I had the five-year or the 10-year plan and I thought I'm going here and going here, I probably would have turned down some of these opportunities. Sometimes it's the it's the fact that I, I didn't know what I wanted to do and, and an opportunity popped up and I had people not just Penny but others you know who are the good friends of mine who said I think this would be really good for you and all of them women I might add um, but you know this is this would be a great opportunity for you to work in Senator Hill's office or this would be a great opportunity for you to work at Leighton you know these are good um, very um, long-standing friends of mine and former colleagues of mine who saw a potential in me that I didn't see in myself and Penny did the same thing. Mm -hmm. And so, um, you know, you don't have to be full of ego and bravado because if you work hard, people will see that as well. The next person is Cherie Rubenstein. Cherie's the founder of an organisation called One Roof, which is such an incredible supporter of the female entrepreneurial community. Cherie's incredible. I think you'll enjoy her response and our conversation together is episode number 11. Something that has really stuck with me over the years is I used to think that successful people never felt fear. I thought that in order to be successful, you know, you had to be really confident, be fearless, and that if you ever felt afraid, felt nervous, had, you know, lacked confidence, felt self-doubt, then you could never be successful. Um, and I realised that that's just not true. We're, we're human and we all feel fear and the more successful you are, the more you experience imposter syndrome. And so I would just say to people that... Um, I feel fear all the time, like literally every second, every day, everything I do, building one roof, I didn't know how to do anything. It was all new to me. And so if you're looking at me thinking I could never do what she does, well, I'm thinking the same thing all the time when I look at everybody else. So um, it's a very common feeling to have. Uh, and I love the, the kind of Brené Brown um, concept that she talks about that fear is not a weakness fear is a sign that you're in the arena and you're giving it a go and so I think when you feel those feelings of I can't do this I'm too afraid they're good feelings like you really want to hit those feelings head on and feel them and own them and and know that you're in the arena giving it a shot um, because yeah that's that's what life's all about and we all experience those feelings all the time. 
Natalie Charles is the next speaker that I asked the question of. And Natalie is the principal at Mentone Girls Grammar. She is a brilliant educator. It's a fantastic conversation. You can find it at episode 12. Enjoy her response. Yeah, I would I would suggest that that's another part of those of that paradigm of of thinking that I couldn't be that or I think that women spend a lot of time comparing themselves potentially to others and thinking that they're less than. Um, and I would say from my own experience that um, you, you end up doing most of it really well. Do you know that I, I would suggest, and it's not a cliche, that the the part that doesn't get done well is where you look after yourself. Um, that a lot of the time is spent, rightly so, and I feel very strongly about that as a leader, that you, it is my job to look after that sacred community of, of young people, particularly of kids. Um, and I take that really seriously and of the staff. And then, of course, you know, if you've got a family and you've got children, all of that is brought to bear. Um, and to that end, I think that it's about being able to know where you can call in your best sort of support, what the limits of your capacity are in terms of when it gets too much and realising that you've taken on too much and, and pulling back a little bit. But um, I would suggest it's just about finding your purpose and then to that end, once one finds your purpose, um, giving over to that and all the energies flowing into that, that you can kind of find a way to make it work. That's been my experience. And every little bit in, in, from a career perspective that I've taken on stretches you that little bit more. And that stretch in, provides, I think, enormous flexibility and enormous potential. And so you might feel to start with that sense of, oh, it's too much, but it, it ends up being okay. And thus far, the ceiling hasn't fallen in, do you know? Um, and I, I do love that. I love knowing what's behind me, what, what I've come from, and therefore thinking I'm bringing that to where I might be able to get to. Um, and that's doing this job better. It's um, doing a whole lot of other things better. But, yeah, I would say to those women and girls who are watching, just keep doing that little stretch, that little stretch like a muscle, and you'll find that you've got infinite capacity and that like a gas, you expand to fill whatever space you put into. That mm. would be my experience. The next conversation is with Sarah Harden. Sarah is the CEO of Hello Sunshine and our full episode is episode number four. I hope you enjoy listening to her response. You know, it's interesting. I, I will, I'll take a slight diversion and I will answer your question. I, I remember you know, five, seven years ago, running Otter, we, we had a company full screen. And I remember um, the CEO, George said, look, we've actually, we, and we bought another company and it was probably three or 400 people. And um, he said, you know what, this company that we bought, we have, it was a young workforce. Um, and he said, we've got all these women who are like either pregnant or first child and there's like a cohort of them and they want to see if you'll have lunch with them this I had I think I, I, I had my third child was probably four or something like that. my children and you know I had three children and I was like of course I will and I remember I was like what do they want to talk to me about like literally and so we had this lunch and it started a series of these lunches and one of them asked me a question that was around this, which is a version of like how do you how do you do it all like how do you have this high power job and and be focused on your work and you've got three kids and you've got a husband and friends and you're involved in the community and like how do you not judge yourself and I'm like look and it's sort of a version of how I'd answer this question and I remember in that lunch giving this answer and it's something I've really gone back to which was I think we 
when, when you look at something, it's very tempting to zone in on where someone is right at that moment in time. You zone in on motherhood on a certain day and think, am I, I'm a terrible mother because you're being a great employee that day. Yeah. You've got a meeting that runs late. You don't put your kids to bed. You look out on the course of a week and you're like, I was a pretty good mom yeah. and I was a pretty good employee and I wasn't a bad wife. Or maybe you've actually had a really busy work at week at work and you've said, I was, a, I knocked it out of the park of my job, but I, I like, I need to like spend some more time with my kids. You look out in the course of a month and you're like, gosh, I'm, I'm doing a pretty great job. And look out of the course of a year. And, you know, I think so much we judge ourselves actually on a given day. Mm. And, and then we look at careers like mine and you look, oh, wow. And you just got to widen your aperture. We have to widen our aperture in the way we look at things. You know, I, I, look, at, I look at where I am and I'm like, um, I'll turn 50 next year. I live in LA. Like I never thought I would be in LA. Mm. My business partner and woman I respect so much and so deeply is Reese Witherspoon. I grew up watching her, right? And Didn't we all. Um, and I've got this company that I feel so blessed to lead, these incredible colleagues. It's a very collaborative leadership team. I'm like, how the hell did I get here? Yeah. But it has been a series of steps. But if you widen your aperture over 24 years. And so the temptation is to look at one thing and say, I could never do that. Yes, you could. If you'd taken that series of steps in the way that I had or some similar series of steps. And, you know, and I think when we when we look at that and we judge ourselves and we judge others is taking a real step back and looking at all of it. And it's not just our work lives. It is our home lives. It is our, um, you know, are, are we good uh, friends? Are we good community members? Are we being a good mother and parents? Am I being a good partner to my husband, like um, all of those are deeply important to me. And, um, and and I really try and remember that. And I actually try and remember when I'm judging myself about any of those things. I'm, you know, some days I'm a good employee or some days I'm a good employer and CEO. Yeah. Some days I'm a great mom. And just some days you cannot be, you, you, you cannot be good at all the four or five aspects of your life. You can't nail it every day. You just can't. And we've got to kind of, I know that wasn't entirely your question, but yeah, but it is about that. It's like, we've got to widen our aperture when we look at others and, you know, you hear so many stories of overnight successes who are overnight successes when they're 55. Like, you know, we have to take a step back, I think. And I, I sort of also like, I get really annoyed about the sort of the myth of the, you know, whether the myth of the overnight success um, and, and it, it doesn't, um, it doesn't respect often the decades of quiet work that yeah. goes into anything you want to do. It's been really, raising kids yeah. is the biggest of them. And Sherry is the next person that we're listening to. Anne is an incredible experienced director and an experienced CEO across so many different industries. She's also the Chancellor of uh, QUT up in Queensland. Enjoy her response. If you want to hear more from Anne, it's episode seven. You know, anyone can, my view is anyone can do anything, right? Um, mm-hmm. Circumstances uh, sometimes get in your way and you have to work out what you're prepared to tolerate. Uh, your own headspace often gets in your way and you've got to work out how you manage that. 
Uh, your assumptions about people around you get in the way and you've got to work out how you engage with that. And low expectations are constantly getting in your way. Mm. And whether you're, they're your own low expectations or other people's low expectations of you. So uh, I just, I think you've got to have a system. And I always say to people, I've got a voice in my head. Uh, it's the voice that says when a, someone says to me, you know, would you consider moving to New Zealand for that job? It's a voice in my head that says, what's the worst thing that can happen if I do that? I have to come back to Australia because it didn't work out and I don't like New Zealand. Or, you know, I've sort of, so I've got that voice. I've also got the voice that says when people go, oh, you know, we didn't consider you for that because I go, the voice in my head immediately goes, I could do that. And then I say, so I'm really unhappy that you didn't consider me because I think I could do it. And they often look completely shocked because they'll think I'll toe the line. Yep. And But the next time they do think of me because they've got my voice ringing in their ears going, that really pissed me off. Um, and so I think there's just stuff, uh, and, I've, you know, I speak to lots of women about their, uh, their assumptions about, as I said before, husband and kids, or, you know, they, my kids are at that age where I really feel like I need to put time into them. And the reality is you're barely present if you're doing a busy job already and your kids aren't stupid. And, in fact, your kids are probably really proud of you and amazed at the things you're doing, being a role model for the next generation of kids. You know, so there's that stuff that you've got to have a voice in your head that stops saying it's my job to limit what I do because I I don't think I, that's good for everybody else in my world without even talking to them. Um, and then there's, you know, at the extremes, I guess, there's stuff like at some point, um, and I, again, I've had friends in this environment where they say, you know, my partner, husband, whoever, doesn't want me to do that because that would interfere. And then you've got to go, well, is that really what I want? <laughs> is that the sort of relationship I want? Is that the sort of person I want to live with? You've got to make choices. And uh and everyone in your environment makes choices like that all the time. But I think you've got to work out really what you want. And you've got to do that from inside, not outside. So, again, the other thing is stop worrying about what other people think about you. You know, when people say to me, we're you good and what do you think? Uh, do you react to that? I, I actually don't because I, I've got a sort of core belief in me um, and I've tested my capability a lot over time. So... I've found myself to be able to rise to occasions that people would assume I couldn't. And, um, and I've adapted over time as well. I mean, we're incredibly adaptive as human beings and, uh, you know, I've, and I've faced into stuff that most people don't get to face into, like, you know, balancing bringing up a kid with a disability is not easy when you're in a big corporate role and you're doing lots of other things. But let me tell you, it's doable. And... You know, Nick is a great testament to probably his own wherewithal <laughs> and the trade-offs we made internally in our household to ensure, you know, he had everything that he needed. So it's you can do stuff that really, you know, you'd never imagined you could. And so I always say, think of think of the worst thing that could happen and if you're not there, then just get on with it because you'll be able to manage it. And the final person we're hearing from in this podcast is from the wonderful May O. May, you can hear the full conversation in episode eight. I loved it. I think you will too. Enjoy her response to the question. 
We're so hard on ourselves, aren't we? We are. Because we've all thought that. Absolutely. And, you know, you said the, the, the words that we compare ourselves, you know, and this just breaks my heart, Melissa, because when we compare ourselves, and I feel really emotional, I don't know where the emotion's coming from, but when we compare ourselves to other people, yeah. we move further away from our own gifts, our own gifts that we were born with, our own talents and strengths. Mm. We move away from that. And, um, and, you know, when we move away from our uniqueness, you know, the full expression of who we are, like we're moving away from our own authenticity. And I think that's what happens. That's, that's then when we don't want to take the risk. We don't want to, we want to start a business, but we think, well, who am I to start a business? We want to ask for that pay rise, but, well, if my team thought I could do it, they would have asked me. And so my response to that is... Let me pause for one sec. Let me pause for one Yeah, so I think what happens when we compare ourselves to others and say, I could never be like Melissa or a Brittany. We truly believe that. I mean, the word never is an absolute, right? There's no exceptions to that. But what happens when we do that comparison is that we move away from embracing and living and connecting to our talents, our gifts, our unique gifts. Mm -hmm. uh, everyone's born with unique gifts and talents. And I think that's what really saddens me the most. You know, so many people I work with want to start their own business or want to go for promotion. But when you're constantly comparing yourself to others, it, it impacts your self-esteem, mm. right? It impacts your self-esteem and your self-confidence. Are there any, and I mean, this is quite deep work, but are there any, um, you know, suggestions you can have or, you know, simple things people can do to try and, um, you know, improve yeah. that self-esteem? Yeah, absolutely. And so this comes back to, especially women, reconnecting back to themselves, mm -hmm. right? rediscovering themselves. And part of that is a simple exercise like what's important to me in the context of my career, in my relationships with my health and fitness, what's important to me, so identifying values. Start being open to your purpose like what is your greater purpose here because i find that especially when women can tap into their purpose for being here or what they want to achieve then it it almost kind of over what's the word you know the self-confidence and the self-esteem stuff almost the low self-confidence and self-esteem disappear Right, because they're, they're, move, they're moving towards being of service to a greater Something purpose. Bigger. Something bigger. Something bigger. Perfect. Making a difference, yeah? Yeah. So purpose, values, and just starting to ask the question of who do I want to be? Right? 
not who do I want to be like, but who do I want to be with my gifts, my strengths, my uniqueness? Who do I want to be? And does that sense of being give me energy? Does it give me more freedom? Does it help me empower myself? And this happens at any stage for people, doesn't it? And and often not just once. I mean, you know, I think there's life. Yeah, and that's part of that psychological adult development is that we shift, you know, through our life conditions changing. I hope in listening to all of these wonderful leaders, it's got you thinking about maybe I could. Maybe I could do that. I hope it's given you a little bit of food for thought. If after you've listened to the episode, you're keen to think about more in terms of leadership, I would love to invite you to take our summer leadership quiz. You can find a link to that in the show notes. And as soon as you've done the quiz, we send you an incredible magazine, something that you can just download and read. And hopefully if you're like me in the Southern Hemisphere, take some time to get some vitamin D put your feet in the sand or in the water, but uh, wishing you a wonderful summer. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast today.